Um, I'm delighted to be here with um, Professor Ellen Fells, who's Commissioner for the Royal Commission into Victoria's Mental Health System. Welcome, Professor Fells. Thank you very much. Um, and um, Professor Fells, we uh, met this morning actually as we launched the Shared Value Projects um, issue-based report uh, looking at creating shared value and the business imperative to improve mental health in Australia. Now, you were very generous and gracious in agreeing to write the foreword for us. What was what compelled you to do that? I mean, I know that this is obviously uh, a subject that's very near and dear to your heart from both professionally and for personal reasons, but I, I'm curious as to know why, what stood out perhaps about our report and, and what was your interest in, in contributing? So all that, um, it was personally and professionally interesting, um, but it's a really important topic. And then the shared value project has taken a lot of the dialogue a step or two further. Um, it focuses especially on what business should and can do about mental health, and it takes it quite a lot further than the traditional view that there should be some employee assistance when they have problems. So um, it also looks across the whole of business, a kind of right across the supply chain, mm. because there are questions and issues about mental well-being, mental health, mental illness <coughs> at all levels of the supply chain. Mm. And it also looks at all stakeholders, mm. including customers, mm. for example, and no doubt suppliers. Um, you know, uh, yes, and, and, and the report didn't just look at the workplace aspects for business. It did actually look at the customers and the communities in which, um, you know, businesses operate. Um, where do you think business can actually, you know, have the greatest impact from, from, from your perspective and the work that you're, you're doing? Well, um, probably... Um, I mean, there, I, I don't know where the biggest impact is, but there are many impacts it mm. can have. Mm. And some mightn't come to mind quite so readily. Uh, one of them is that uh, community attitudes on mental health need improving. And I don't think there should be a big national advertising campaign about it. Rather, I think we should do it at a more granular level. And so if business is seen to be serious about mental health, um, that has a big educational effect on the workforce, mm. all its employees, mm. and that will improve community attitudes mm. quite a lot. Um, of course, at another level, from the cold economics point of view, um, I believe there are big economic gains for the community, big profit gains for business if they do more about this rather neglected topic. Mm. Well, we know that, um, you know, the, the cost to the Australia's economy, or we're putting, the dollar value that we're putting on it is about $60 billion, and then $30 billion of that to the cost of business for, um, you know, lost wages, um, you know, other, uh, other costs associated with that. Um, you know, how prevalent is the issue, and, and, and you've got first-hand knowledge of this as well, um, obviously in the work that you're doing as commissioner, but, but you know, a, a, as a parent of, of supporting a child who is also dealing with mental health issues. So, so what is the imperative that we're actually talking about? Well, um, we're, we're dealing with a problem that affects a lot of people. Um, 
one in two Australians experience some episode of mental health problem, mental illness in their lifetime, any one year, one in five. Mm. So obviously with business, with the workforce, there are probably comparable numbers. And indeed that brings another point, which is that mental illness is different from many other health problems in that it affects people during their workforce years. Many illnesses come very late in life or very early in life. This one is during your working life. And I know as a parent, it has a whole of life effect on the person. It goes for years, typically. Um, It affects every dimension of their life and the life of their families, their friends, and when they're working, people at work. And and do you think it's more pervasive today or is it that you think that we're actually starting to talk about it in in a sort of, you know, a a general public um, discussion? I'm agnostic and the evidence is unclear on whether it's got to be a bigger problem or just being reported more. Mm. Uh, There certainly is the view that the stresses of modern life, particularly the stresses for younger people, Mm. are generating more anxiety and depression. That could be. I just note there's not much evidence on this either way. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm interested in that, and 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 um, you know, like you, I'm also a parent that that deals with um, this with with a daughter who who suffers suffers from um, depression. So, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to know: is it that you know society today and and how we live our lives is just having a much more um, you know a bigger impact on 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 our on our, our mental wellness. Or, or, or is it, in fact, it's always been here, but but now we're only talking about it. Um, in in the conversations that we had this morning, and um, you, you very kindly joined us joined us on a panel, and we had Margot Lydon from Superfriend, and Margot really spoke to the need for whilst you know obviously business uh, responding is is paramount um, because there's such a burden on government and the community um, uh, services sector. Um, but you know, she really spoke about the need for cross-sector partnerships and and business. To, n- not su- there's no suggestion, of course, that business business can solve this um, on its own. It really needs to be in that that cross-sector partnership piece. How do you how do you how do we create the environment for those kind of really effective partnerships and engagement? So um, I think you're right. Mental health is a big problem for the community, and everyone has to do their bit business, government, the community, individuals, non-government organisations, all of them. And that inevitably involves partnerships and working together. Um, In the case of business, I suppose the first thing is it should start moving at its own level uh, and within industry. But inevitably, when you start thinking more broadly about the causes of mental illness, it takes you into what governments are doing about it, whether it's through health or through some of the other socioeconomic factors that are important, like uh, providing housing and accommodation for people who are not well, doing something in schools to improve awareness and knowledge of how to deal with it, doing something about prisons, incidentally, half of the prison population has a mental illness. And there are countless intersections uh, between 
businesses that are trying to do something about mental health and governments and non-government organisations. So, of course, you, you sit at a very unique position as, as Commissioner um, uh, into, into uh, Victoria's Royal Commission into Mental Health. So you've got a very unique perspective. Um, how, if companies, uh, you know, if someone from a corporation is listening to, to our podcast, and I hope there'll be a few, um, but if a company was wanting to really consider what their role and how they would address and, and participate in, not just participate in the conversation, but actually have meaningful engagement, what, what advice would you give that organisation and, and where would they potentially start? Okay, so some specifics and then some generals. I mean, with people with mental illness in the workplace, um, they should... Um, follow some programs. It's not too hard to find programs where people with mental illness are uh, encouraged to come forward to seek help for themselves, to be treated tolerantly and well. Mm. So that's a rather specific thing. But as the Shared Value Report points out, there's a much wider perspective we should take on that. So there are many things then... Um, one of them is the workplace itself, devising smarter, friendlier workplaces that are less conducive to people suffering problems of mental illness, whether severe or mild. Um, work design, uh, flexibility in work hours, um, and then going on to how to deal with people and their mental health problems, how they can help, how they can put it onto the same footing as other forms of illness and leave and treatment and so on. So there's quite a big range of things to think about. They can also have so-called mental health first aid programs mm. so that the whole workforce has some understanding. And as I said, that is useful not only in the business, but it helps community attitudes. Mm. Um, so, so an aspect of uh, the, the report um, was on the customer foc focusing um, aspect. And, and I'm just wondering if you could put your parent hat on for the moment as somebody who's had to navigate their way through the system. What, what advice do you give to the system um, from, a, from a customer perspective and, and a parent who's had to you know, negotiate this landscape? Look, it is incredibly complicated. It's one of the issues we're facing at the Royal Commission, but um, uh, it is just incredibly complicated. Just take the situation of people who are so ill that they have to be in hospital. So there's a lot of pressure to move them out because there aren't enough beds. Where do they go? Now, the system does not have good arrangements for discharge from hospital. Some people get treated. They leave hospital that night, they sleep under a bridge, they'll be back in quite soon. Um, and um, there are a whole heap of coordination problems. Let me mention one other important one, the physical mental health link. Um, it's well established that certainly for a serious mental illness, the life expectancy of people is a lot less. At the very serious end, schizophrenia 20 years less. Now, why is that? It's because of the bad physical health of people with mental illness, and that is 
in turn, due to a whole lot of reasons. The medicines make them often unhealthy or overweight or lead to a poor lifestyle. But in general, we don't coordinate in that area. So there is a big navigation problem for anyone dealing with mental health. And then at the business end, um, I think there could be better linkages, better use of business. I mean, most businesses I know, particularly bigger ones, are now quite concerned to do something about mental health, but they don't know a lot about it. And that includes how to link up with health and other services. Um, and also, uh, if you're coming into looking for a job, they're not terribly good links but for people with mental health problems when they leave school mm. and look for a job. So, I mean, we could spend a lot of time um, really sitting here and talking about this subject because it is complex and it is um, challenging and there's not an easy solution um, at all. Um, so to perhaps end on a note of optimism um, and, you know, the Shared Value Project, we've, we uh, represent a community of about 40 corporations. Um, just some perhaps final thoughts and, and maybe some, uh, as I said, some, some uh, um, thoughts that could perhaps help us, uh, you know, approach it in a, in a really meaningful, engaging way and, and, and just maybe some comments that could inspire um, our member organisations to, to really think about it from their perspective and, and how they can have a really positive um, you know, impact. So I'm generally... Um optimistic about the fact that business is taking the problem more seriously. There's much better recognition than ever of the importance of addressing mental health, both from the point of view that there is really a payoff, um, avoided costs and some opportunities, uh, but also as a contribution to the community. Indeed, there's a lot of talk now about corporate social responsibility. This is an excellent example of where trying to do the right thing within a business is also a form of acting in a socially responsible manner. Yeah. It's quite a good overlap and intersection. And you wouldn't say, unlike, say, Milton Friedman says about corporate social responsibility, that it's in conflict with the interests of shareholders. It's not. There's common interest and the shared value report brings that out. Yeah. And um, the shared value report is good because it says look right across the whole business and also look at many variables, including work design, the environment, resilience of employees and attaching importance to well-being in general. Thank you so much, uh, Professor Fells, and I think you, you've ended on such a great note. And we at the Shared Value Project obviously think that the Shared Value language can perhaps provide that bridge and, and that framework for companies to think more holistically about how they approach um, mental health and related issues. But thank you again uh, for your time and, and so generously not only uh, participating in our uh, event this morning but taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you very much.